Are you able to accurately calculate the utility overpayments for your homeowners? Learn all about it on today's show. You know, being able to properly communicate utility savings to your homeowners is crucial when talking about a new system. Let's join Drew Cameron as he dives deep into this topic and details exactly how to do it. Thank you, Weldon, and welcome to the EJA Contractor University studio here in Colorado Springs. I am your host for this episode of Cracking the Code. My name is Drew Cameron with Flow Odyssey, and we're going to talk today about calculating utility overpayments. Now, not, not surprising, we go from existing efficiency machines to new high efficiency machines, there's a, a, a jump in efficiency. And a lot of contractors seem to think, and, and definitely a lot of manufacturers seem to think, that efficiency is important to homeowners. And while it can be an important secondary justification, it's not usually a primary motivation. No matter how much a customer's utility bills are, uh, they, they want to get more comfortable. Yes, they probably want to get more efficient, but nobody wants to go ahead and spend you know, $10,000 to save $60 more a month. That's not usually the reason, okay? If you can show them how they can save energy in addition to improving their comfort and uh, putting a tourniquet on repair costs and uh, maybe pr uh, uh, improving or uh, fixing some comorbidities or code deficiencies or pre-existing conditions that exist in the home uh, that also stop them from you know, putting you know, money out on repairs, then they're probably all for that. And if they can save money, everybody wants to get more efficient if and where they can. But usually nobody's buying these things because they want to just get more efficient. That might be more of a, a, an issue if they're uh, machine is failing and say, let's say for example, they have a heat pump that's just running nonstop on electric backup, 100% electric resistance heat, and their electric meter is just spinning. And they have a seven, eight hundred dollar a month uh, electric bill when normally they're accustomed to 250 to, to 300 hour you know, electric bill during the winter or something like that. They wanna get more efficient, but really what they're telling you is, I wanna stop paying for electric resistance heat because my heat pump failed. And so that's a different, a different uh, conversation, but again, Think in terms of efficiency as a secondary justification, not a primary motivation. But that being said, we do need to understand and be equipped to be able to talk about energy savings. And so uh, I have a slide here, a couple slides here that I do wanna share with you that take a look at the efficiency of an old thing versus the efficiency of a new thing. And so uh, when you look at the screen here and you see my mouse on the left-hand side in the gold column here, we have the efficiency of the old thing, the SEER rating of the old thing, just kind of giving you a ballpark range here, right? And then across the top here, we have the efficiency or SEER rating of the new thing. And again, this could be a high efficiency air conditioner or high efficiency heat pump. Again, we're looking at the cooling mode side of things. And really what I want to caution you to is to stop talking in terms of energy savings. Yes, we all want to save money and we all want to save energy, but Study after study has proven that we tend to move more away from pain than we do towards gain. And so overpaying the utility is never a good thing. Nobody wants to overpay the monopolistic utility. And so why not talk in terms of you're currently overpaying the utility company to be uncomfortable in your house. And in essence, you're already paying for a new machine, you just don't own it yet. Because what we can put in the way of, into your home in the way of high efficiency and advanced technology we can go ahead and basically slash your energy bill and take that utility overpayment and put it to work for you and help pay for the system on a monthly basis. And that's what we do in terms of financing, right? We go ahead and we finance the system and then what we save in energy and repair costs, 
covers that, you know, that loan. If at the very least it offsets the loan a good chunk. In essence, even a loan at 6.99% financed is basically going to be free money because I'm taking the money that you've been happily overpaying the utility and I'm putting it to work for you. And usually what we save in energy repair costs always covers the fee to borrow the money on a, on a financing loan. Certainly a customer can take advantage of 0%, but most customers today are a payment customer. And we always offset that, um, you know, that interest rate because we always do better than 6.99 or 9.99 through energy savings when we go to high efficiency and advanced technology equipment. But let's go ahead and go back to the chart here. So let's just say the customer's got an old 10 SEER thing in the house and they're going to upgrade to a new 16 SEER unit. So you just go ahead and you find your two points of intersection here and you see that you're currently overpaying the utility company 37.5% more energy than is necessary with, a, you know, with the old machine that you got. And that's with not, you know, not with us upgrading to the new machine. Now I understand if we went to a 16 SEER two-stage machine versus a single stage or a 16 SEER inverter machine, which is a variable you know, speed compressor, that 16 SEER rating changes, right? Because that, that technology is going to shift gears and unfortunately the SEER rating does not take that into consideration. Not at the level that we know as contractors, customers benefit from and how it's going to impact the utility bill. Now, the only way to prove that to a customer is to go to your manufacturer's weather data in the engineering tables that they provide in the, in the specifications manual and see specifically what that is. So, for example, okay, 16 SEER uh, on a 95 degree day, that's, kind of be, that's going to be what you're going to be looking at is that 37.5% savings. What I'm talking about is we probably jumped to 2021 20, SEER on an 80, 85 degree day because we're more efficient since we're running on single stage. We're at a lower uh, modulation on that inverter compressor. Same would hold true, obviously, uh, on a heat pump too, right? And so think in terms of that that number is going to get better if you're talking about staged equipment and um, variable speed modulating uh, inverter compressors here. And that's what we talk about down here in the notes, right? It says, note, savings is for single stage only. It does not include potential savings from properly sizing and matching equipment to the actual load, right? What if the existing machine in the house is oversized and you're now going to right size it? Possibly runtime reduction, right? Because again, you right size the machine, you get the right reduction in runtime. Uh, maybe you don't get that starting and stopping uh, you know, situation going on. Or if it's undersized, and it's going to be properly sized, you're going to get that, you know, that proper runtime there. You're also going to go ahead and look at duct modifications, duct insulation, duct sealing, and possibly insulation if you're a home performance contractor and air sealing, right? So you might get some additional savings there. This is not, you know, these charts are not taking all of that into consideration. Sear rating reflects the utilization of the variable speed fan. So it does take into consideration the electrical savings on the cooling side in the variable speed fan mode. Uh, and so we are already getting that. Sear rating also uh, accounts for the cost of operation of the indoor fan during the cooling cycle, but not for continuous fan. So again, it's looking at the intermittent fan. If the customer were to put the fan into the on position, that sear rating is going to shift a little bit. And of course, the energy savings will, 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 will uh, change as well. And sear ratings were below six uh, sear prior to 1980. And as you can see there, uh, you know, the ranges that they have kind of 
rough ranges that they were kind of sliding through over the course of time. So kind of keeping that in mind. Because sometimes you go out to house, you don't know what the rating is. Now there are, uh, a, there's a blue book out there from one of the manufacturers uh, who shall be nameless. There's also the Preston guide out there where you can see what the efficiency rating is uh, of some of the older equipment that's out there. And then you can compare old thing to new thing to see what that efficiency is. And so if we go back to that chart, um, let's just go ahead and take a look at a, another thing here. Let's say we went from a 12 sear system to a 20 sear, right? And so currently, old 12 sear thing, right? New 12 out of the box, by the way, just to be conservative, Bill and Susan, it's probably performing more like an eight due to wear and tear and age and lack of maintenance. But that being said, you're looking at new out of the box, you know, if I give you full credit for that 12, at about a 40% overpayment on your utility bill for, for cooling, right? Again, this is only on the cooling piece. This is not the whole utility bill. It's the cooling piece of the utility bill. So you get a feel for how that chart works. Well, let's go ahead and flip over to the heating chart. A little smaller, a little harder to see that uh, there. I do apologize for that, but to get the whole chart on the screen with the different levels of efficiency, uh, you can kind of see it's a little tight there, but you get the idea, right? And so down the left-hand side, we look at the efficiency of the old thing, the AFUE, Annual Fuel Utilization of Efficiency, versus SEER, which is a Seasonal Energy Efficiency Rating. And so here, we look at the efficiency of the old thing on the left-hand side versus the efficiency of the new thing, again, just AFUE, um, going across the top. So let's compare an old, let's say, 78% thing versus a new, let's go to 96% efficient, right across here, right? And so we're looking at 18.8% efficiency rating there, right? It's a direct correlation in the terms of efficiency there. Um, you know, when you look at that, right? Because 78 plus 18.8 is going to be 96.8% uh, efficient. And that's, you know, kind of a straight correlation there, um, you know, when you look at AFUE. Now, here's the interesting thing. Because this thing is so efficient, do you get a better runtime with this machine, right? This is just the combustion efficiency savings of the gas. Because the, the, the machine is uh, going to satisfy the thermostat you know, a little bit better, and if you layer in technology again with staged gas valves or modulating gas valves and or variable speed fans, you know, do you improve that comfort experience? And do you basically uh, you know, realize an improvement in runtime that gets you, again, more energy savings, get, provides definitely a better comfort experience, along with some of the things we talked about in the notes, as you can see here below the table um, there. Now, the one thing you need to keep in mind is the one thing that the AFUE does not take into consideration is the electrical savings associated with possibly having a variable speed fan on today's new furnaces, right? All new furnaces have to have, you know, these uh, uh, variable speed fans on them now. And so what we realize about variable speed fans is that it's like, it's like running an AC motor, a high, high uh, voltage motor on batteries, on DC power. It is actually about 75% more efficient in its electrical usage. And so let's say for argument's sake, um, the average consumer spends about, uh, about let's, let's call it $600 a year on electricity usage just to run the fan and heating and cooling. Well, you can figure that that electrical usage would be cut by 75% down to about $150 a year in intermittent on-off mode, right? Just cycling in auto mode with the, with the call for heating or the call for cooling. 
it's that much more efficient, and of course, that much more quiet, and that much more reliable, and the longevity of these variable speed fan motors is better as well, because they can adapt to dampers opening and closing, registers opening and closing, even doors within a living space opening and closing, as well as minor duct efficiencies. It's not a panacea for all duct efficiencies out there, so keep that in mind. But it's about 75% more efficient in its electrical usage. Here's the cool thing about this. If you decided to put in some uh, UV lights or high-efficiency filtration or um, humidification and you want to cycle the air 24-7 uh, instead of turning on ceiling fans and having the expense of that in a house 24-7, uh, you get the high-efficiency motor cycling 24-7. Now we're filtering the air 24-7. We're purifying the air 24-7. We're mixing the air so it doesn't stratify and, sep uh, and separate in temperature like salad dressing does. Uh, there. And so the house will stay more evenly comfortable. It's going to be cleaner and healthier and safer for the occupants over time. And to do that, yes, you'll see a jump in the electric bill. But here's the thing. If you were to turn on the customer's standard PSC motor 24-7 to filter the air 24-7, much like a ceiling fan, if you will, that would be the equivalent of turning on 160-watt light bulbs. Their utility meter is going to spin. It's going to be very expensive on their utility bill. But if you put a variable speed fan into the on position and allow it to circulate 24-7, that's the equivalent of one 60-watt light bulb. And so you can see how much more efficient it is and the comfort experience that we can have and secure when we leverage technology and we leverage efficiency to provide, provide a better comfort experience you know, for the customer. And so with that being said, that's kind of a look at how we calculate the utility overpayment from a percentage standpoint. The, the way you're going to get specific is, is to get the customer to share with you their utility bill, right? And if you can go ahead and take a look at 12 months worth of utility bill and you look at a high summer and a high winter, there's different ways you can figure this out, right? But depending on the type of equipment that they have, right? Today, today's high efficiency and advanced technology equipment is about 50% of the utility cost of the home for heating uh, and cooling. So it's 50% of the electrical cost and 50% probably of the um, gas costs, 50% on the cooling side and 50% on the, on the gas side. Uh, older things are going to be higher than that, right? And, and water heater is going to also be a high expense as well. And so keep that in mind. You take their existing bill and then you use the percentage that you got from the chart after you've basically applied what you think is the heating and cooling portion of the bill to the total bill. And then you say, okay, and I'm going to slash that piece of the bill by 40%. So let's say for argument's sake, you had a $300 bill right? And you're going to say 50% uh, of it is for, let's say, for heating. And so now we're at $150, you know, for, you know, for heating. And I'm basically going to take that $150, I'm going to slash it by 40% or 18 or 20%, whatever it is that you pulled from that chart, okay? That's how you're going to show the customer how much money, dollars that they can save or are currently overpaying the utility company, company to be uncomfortable. The cool thing about this is, as utility costs continue to rise, as they are, as inflation drives them you know, through the roof, this is like a fine wine. It gets better with age. So keep that in mind and help your customers understand that. I'm not going to tell you that with the prices that are out there today that there's a return on investment and a payback on this equipment. There probably isn't, but there's a way for you to put a tourniquet on the utility bills and basically keep more of your money in your bank account working for you and paying the principal you know, to take advantage of getting these high efficiency and advanced technologies put into the customer's house. So that being said, you do have my contact information here. 
And as a member, you are the mission. You're the reason that we're here and we choose to serve at EGA. We certainly do appreciate you being a member here. And so if I can answer any questions about this topic or any topic, feel free, feel, uh, please feel free to reach out to me at any given time and uh, text me, email me, or call me. And until next time, we appreciate you being here. Awesome content right there from Drew, as always. Now listen, if you like this episode, be sure and share it on your Facebook. And if you want to unlock more premium training content to take your company to the next level, click the link in the Facebook post for a free 30-day trial. That's it for this week, folks, here on Cracking the Code. We'll see you next time. Until then, bye-bye for now.